The man who refuses to quit cannot be stopped. My name's Shawn Michael Crane. Welcome to the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Shawn Michael Crane. Shout out Wonder Mouse Productions. We're using their studio down here in Pierpont, California. And today I have my first in-person guest here in the studio with me, none other than Matt Fleming. I think his IG is at Matt Fleming Official, and you can see him all over social media. This guy's crushing it. Uh, He's working with me to build an empire. We're all about working with the men inside our unstoppable 365 MFR program. It's an elite self-mastery program for men to help them to develop discipline, a mindset that allows them to achieve anything they want in life, the right habits to get there, and we provide the community to support one another. So I brought Matt on board as my head coach earlier this year because of what I saw in him. And this is something really important. Before I let him start telling his story and introduce him, Matt stood out to me on social media. I started seeing him running every single morning, sharing a message into his phone on social media, a message about perseverance, a message about resiliency, a message about persistence and showing up to be the man that he wanted to be. And I loved it. And I continued to follow him. And then we started meeting in person and getting workouts and getting to know each other more. And now we're working together to create real impact and help other men to level up. So that's what it's all about. If you guys have something you want to do in your life, show people. If you have something inside of you that you're being called to become, live it out. Don't worry about how you're going to get the result right away. Don't worry about the final destination. Just embrace the process and immerse yourself in the process and all the little details start to fill themselves in. So Matt, welcome to the studio, bro. Fired up to have you here. We'll make sure everyone knows what handles to find you on in social media. I want to just start from the very beginning with you though. Before we even met the first time at that coffee shop, before we started working together, I want to know where Matt Fleming comes from and I want you to take us on that journey from childhood all the way to now man because you have an inspiring story thanks sean i appreciate you having me on um yeah definitely man well to back it up um i guess we'll start at the beginning right where it all where it all started for me um growing up i i had a typical upbringing i guess for the most part you know my mom was there i never knew my real dad that was kind of something that made me uh, led me to feel uncomfortable in my own skin as i got a little older and um, that feeling of discomfort just it stuck with me at a really young, young age through middle school, and then, um, you know, I didn't, I was kind of a late bloomer in terms of people that start drinking and partying, like, I didn't really find that until I was about 15, maybe 16 years old, somewhere around there, but once I found that alcohol, um, it was like a giant relief, it was was a giant weight lifted off my chest, like, I finally felt comfortable in my own skin, I could talk to girls, I could be my, myself, yeah, I just ran with it from there. The, the alcohol quickly turned into the drugs, Um, you know, cocaine led to other things like meth, Meth led to heroin, and that lifestyle led me to um, a life of being in and out of the county jail. I think it's probably typical for people to experiment with drugs and alcohol when they're younger. Yeah. Like, and it, it helps when you drink to be able to talk to girls and socialize, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. when I would drink, I could talk to any girl. Yeah. But when I was sober, I was terrified. So why do you think, though, you progressed from just the social uh, drinking and using to, like, the heavier drugs? Just uh, the way it made me feel, I guess, like... I, f- I feel like I was an alcoholic from the first time I got drunk. Like, I, I just, I thought this is what I should feel like 24-7. 
And the alcohol felt great, but I, I liked the drugs. And then I liked the other drugs. And, and finally, like meth and heroin were my, my drugs of choice. Um, Did you have anyone trying to interject and help you at that time in your life? No, because no one really knew, um, except the people I was doing it with. You know, I, I mean, you don't turn into that crackhead walking down the street right off the bat, right? Like, yeah. I was pretty good at hiding things um, for a long time. And then, you know, when it got really bad, I was in my, you know, early 20s around that time. So, I mean, really, who's going to tell you what to do at that point in time if you don't want to listen? Yeah. So what started happening in, in that time period, like in your early 20s? You said you were get in trouble going to jail and yeah. walk us through what like that decade of your life was like. Well, in the beginning it was cool um, because I wasn't on any type of probation yet. I was uh, selling drugs and um, I was making a good amount of money doing it. You know, I wasn't rich, but I supported myself, had a nice car, had a girlfriend, was, you know, just living uh, the life of a somewhat successful businessman, but that business was selling drugs. So it wasn't like the, the best thing to be doing. But once you start getting in trouble, it's a vicious cycle. Like in and out of county jail, you get put on probation they let you out and, you know, they expect you to start going to all these classes, um, testing clean, doing all these things that you're not going to do if you've only had, you know, four days of sobriety in county. So you're just right back in there. It's a revolving door. And I think all said and done, I've probably been in and out of there about 20 to 25 times um, wow. with about two years broken up into like three to six months stents here and there. So, Wow. We call that the installment plan, right? Um, yeah, that's that's tough, man. And so when you were selling drugs, what were you selling? Heroin and meth. Heroin and meth. Yeah. Wow. So I can assume like you were attracting probably some shady characters into your life at that time. All my friends were shady characters. Yeah. And so, okay, throughout your 20s, you're on the installment plan back and forth, in and out of jail, selling drugs, living that lifestyle. Um, when did you decide you wanted to be sober? What was the thing that happened that made you, first of all, want to change? And then what did you start doing? So the first time I ever had any attempt, like I had been to programs, you know, here and there, um, court ordered, but I would never stick around. I think the la longest I stayed there was like 20 or 30 something days down in San Diego. But my first like actual real try at sobriety was I got a pretty serious charge. I was offered three years in prison or a year long residential treatment program. I took it. Um, I moved to Santa Barbara and I went to the Santa Barbara Rescue Mission for a year and it changed my life. Wow. Um, so that's pretty typical. I think like a lot of people won't change certain behavior until they're forced to, even if they know it's bad for them or, or detrimental. And so if you're listening to this right now and you have vices, bad habits, if you have sabotaging behaviors, like what's it going to take for you to change? Are you going to have to end up in jail like Matt did or myself looking at time in prison? Are you going to end up in the hospital overdosed or are you going to end up you know, having a failed marriage or your wife or somebody's going to leave you because you're not changing. This doesn't just apply to drugs and alcohol. This applies to any behavior that you're doing right now that doesn't serve you in becoming who you want to be. Why are you doing it? Don't you understand that every day that passes you by of you partaking in those actions is a day you're never going to get back and a day that sets you further behind? You have to recognize this. Like a lot of times human beings won't change until a certain pain threshold is met. But what's it going to take? Do you have to lose your family? Do you have to lose your job? Do you have to look in the mirror one day and realize you gained a bunch of weight and you can't even recognize who you are and that feeling just disgusts you? Like, what's it going to take for you to change the negative behaviors and aspects of yourself? It shouldn't take such extremes, but it does. 
Not all of us get to experience that though. And the worst thing is people who don't experience that pain because then they continue to prolong the change. So if you're somebody listening, you don't have to go through these lows like Matt and I did to change your life. That's why we're here to share this message today. That's why we're all over social media. And that's why we have our coaching program because we want to compel you and inspire you and guide you into making the changes now that are going to lead to a better life for yourself. Okay, so Matt, with that being said, you went to the rescue mission. That was kind of like a reset for you. Tell me about that experience. I mean, uh, first 30 days in was one of the hardest things I've ever experienced. My girlfriend at two years at the time, um, she passed away and due to drug-related complications, like the first two weeks I was there. Wow. Um, so that was really difficult because I was dealing with, you know, the last time we spoke to each other, we were screaming at each other in front of my house doing that whole thing. Went down to Santa Barbara. She passes away. I spent a year at this program. In that year, life got much better. It was completely different. By the time I was done, I had moved out and got my own place. I was, um, you know, I didn't have probation on my back anymore, but I quickly stopped doing all the things that I learned to do early on in sobriety that kept me sober. And I just, you know, all my 20s, I spent fucking up so bad that I wanted to be quote unquote normal, right? So I started hanging out with uh, friends that I'd met at the gym, like downtown, going out to the bars and doing that, you know, the normal thing people do in their 20s. I'm about 27 at this point. Downtown with that whole drinking scene comes the coke and uh, the whole party scene. And that quickly escalated for me really quickly. And uh, it wasn't too much longer after that that I was completely strung out again, um, living in my car. Life was just complete shit and I had nothing, you know, lost it all. Wow. And how old were you when that was taking place? Around 29. Wow. 20. Do you think that was your rock bottom? I mean, I had some lower lows than that, you know, but during that period, um, about a year into the living in my car and doing all that stuff, I found myself, this was probably the lowest point. I got some bad drugs. I ended up with a um, serious heart infection called endocarditis, in the, and I was put in the hospital for 72 days. Um, it's basically just an infection in your heart. If it gets in your lymph nodes, uh, you can die a slow, painful death. Luckily, they found it in time, and they got the antibiotics that cured me. I also had an abscess in my spine that was like millimeters from my spinal cord that almost paralyzed me. So like two serious, really serious things. Um, by the grace of God, you know, um, they found him. But this was during COVID, too. This was the height of COVID. So I'm in this hospital by myself for 72 days with no visitors, just a lot of time to think. And, um, yeah, it was a good experience for me. Wow. So I'd like to, like, unpack that a little more because that's pretty damn traumatic. Uh, two near-death experiences. Walk us through that on a deeper level. Like, what did you feel or what were some of the thoughts you started having while you were in the hospital, while you were going through that? Well, I went in there. Um, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew I was in excruciating pain. I had, like, pins and needles over my whole body. My head felt like it was being squeezed in vice grips. I went to the hospital. That's basically how it started. Um, then they admitted me when they found the infection in my heart. I'd say the first three weeks were that I had a horrible attitude. I was trying to fight the security guards. I'm talking shit to all the nurses. I'm detoxing from drugs, just in a miserable state of mind. Um, about three weeks into it, I kind of changed my, I shifted my whole mindset. I started working out. Um, I had a TRX in my room and I had a pull-up bar and I was doing pull-ups on the shower curtain. Like once I was healthy again, right? Took me a few weeks, but my whole mindset shifted as I started um, working out and just bettering myself, started reading a lot, started studying, just whatever I could. You know, it was like a glorified prison cell in there. Um, it was really lonely, but I had like a laptop and a phone. Yeah. So... The working out, do you think that like started to help you change? I mean, had you worked out before? Did you love exercise? Yeah. So when I first got into sobriety the first time was when I got really into fitness. I actually started, I became a personal trainer at that point in my life. And fitness was 
one of the biggest things that I used to cope with a lot of the issues I had going on. Um, it's one of the most freeing places. Like, it's the best thing I've ever done for my sobriety. Um, so I was already familiar with the whole fitness aspect of things. Okay. And then you kind of reverted back to your old self for a while. But it sounds like you working out and taking care of your body and, and fitness in general, that's more um, aligned to, like, the person you want to be. Yeah. Kind of like that that newer identity that you've been able to form. Yeah. Were you an athlete when you were younger? Did you play sports or work out or anything? I played football and basketball when I was really young. But again, like not knowing my real dad and not having that father figure around, I never really wanted to pursue sports too much because I didn't have that father-son bond thing. So I actually was into skateboarding. Like that was my thing growing up. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, for somebody listening, exercise, in my opinion, is the most empowering habit you can form. Whether you're trying to quit drinking, whether you want to be a happier person, whether you want more confidence, whether you want more discipline, like the list goes on and on and on. The guy who works out consistently and takes care of himself, he's going to be a better husband. It's just the fact of the matter. Uh, the guy who sits on the couch and gains weight and doesn't move his body, he's not cultivating the right energy internally that he needs to be able to share with his family or in his place of business or in the world for that matter. So if you're listening and you're not working out, you're literally doing yourself a disservice. You're missing out on a massive opportunity to grow physically, mentally, spiritually. And like Matt's talking about, it shifts your identity because every time you work out, it's hard. It's not always fun and pleasant, but you feel accomplished after. And the more things that we do consistently in our lives that help us to feel accomplished, the more that we love ourselves. It's an act of self-love. So you take yourself five years into the future from now, and the guy that's consistently doing that, his energy is going to be different, his demeanor, his attitude. It's going to be more pleasant. I guarantee it. Um, and just the way you feel, like this is about you being happier and a better version of yourself. So in order to do that, you need to take care of yourself and invest time into yourself. Um, so Matt, with that being said, let's talk about from that point forward, like getting out of the hospital, what have you been doing in your life since uh, and kind of like walk the listeners through uh, the last, what, three to five years has it been or how long ago was that? Uh, yeah, so after I got out of the hospital, um, there, I, there's a long story in between that, but basically that part didn't stick. You know, I got out and I went back to my old ways um, and it got bad for another year after that before I decided to make that change. Um, that change happened October 1st of 2021. Like that's when I... Um, just decided enough was enough and completely just took action to start changing my life for the better. Okay. So coming up on about two years in this m most recent bout of sobriety, how long? It's about 19 months. 19 months. Good yeah. for you. Uh, why is this time going to be different for you? Well, the biggest thing is that I decided like, you know, before I had reservations that I wanted to drink like a normal person and live that life. Like I don't have no desire to do that anymore. I, I've exhausted all other avenues. Like I know that's not an option for me, nor do I want it to even be an option. Like I feel like I have the upper hand so much in the gym by not even by not drinking or partying yeah and really if you want to change your life long term you have to kill off your old self to become your new self Yeah, 100%. like i knew that when i got incarcerated i made two promises to myself one that i was going to dedicate the rest of my life to becoming someone i was proud of and give maximal effort and number two i was going to be sober for the rest of my life like not even one drop of alcohol nothing not one joint nothing Smoking a cigar is the closest thing I'll go to to my old lifestyle. And that's something I just recently like started doing. But the reason for that commitment is because I knew I could no longer partake in any behaviors or do anything, even think the same way as I used to if I had any chance to change my life. 
And so for the listeners, like that's really important to recognize. Matt is still new in his sobriety, but I see this guy every day. I see his work ethic, his attitude. He's growing tremendously because he literally buried that old version of himself. And he's made that internal commitment to become the person his heart is calling him to be. Now, if you haven't made that commitment, the likelihood of you sustaining these new habits, this new attitude, this new person you claim to be, it's not going to be 100% fail-proof. Like, unless you're willing to cut ties with your old life and bury that motherfucker, you might still have a reservation, just like Matt did. You might go to the bar one day and think you can have a drink. You might smoke that joint at a family reunion or school reunion with your old buddies. Like, it creeps up on you. So that's why the daily process of cultivating who you want to be is so crucial, because the moment you take your foot off the gas pedal is the moment those old vices and habits and patterns start to creep back into your life. Matt, that's probably why you go to so many meetings, why you work out every day. Like, talk to me about your work ethic now, uh, your daily process now of becoming the person you want to be, and just what that looks like for you. I just have a healthy fear of ever returning back into my old self. So I don't ever think I got this. I don't ever think, oh, I've you know got 19 months, I can do a little bit less. Like, no, I just wake up every single day, and I just, I honestly think, how can I be a little bit better that day? How can I push myself today? Um, cause I know on days like that, I have no chance of going back to that old self. If I wake up and go run first thing in the morning, if I go hit a workout first thing in the morning, if I do something that challenges me first thing in the morning, stick to my morning routine of journaling, meditating, whatever it may be. I know if I do that, I've got a much better chance of, of making it through that day. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're talking about here is you've actually designed a plan, like a safety mechanism of sorts to prevent you from going back to those old ways. So things like your environment, not going to bars or hanging out with those old friends you used to get high with, um, not being idle and bored, not missing out on meetings, not missing workouts. Like you guys, if you want to change, you have to really make an effort to change. You can't just say you want to change, but then keep the same routine, the same habits. Like you have to actively implement a solution day by day. And so if you don't know what that solution looks like for you or what that blueprint looks like for you, start following Matt on Instagram. Start following his motivational content every single day. What's your Instagram, Matt? It's Matt Fleming, F-L-E-M-I-N-G, and then official. Okay, Matt Fleming, official. Start following his content every day. See how he's living. Here's the thing. You can either dedicate yourself to doing hard shit every day that's going to move you forward in life, that's going to make sure you don't go backwards to that old life, or you can choose not to, but then you're going to face a different type of hard when you start relapsing, when you fall back into old patterns, when you sabotage yourself, and then you're going to wish that you would have just dedicated yourself to that other path in the first place. It's never going to be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk and it shouldn't be because in that process of you putting forth effort, that's where you start to really find your new self. That's where you start to love that new person. That's where you start to feel confident as that person. And we're talking about a shift in your identity that takes place over time. It's the repetition every single day that's going to start to transform the way you think, feel, and live your life. And that's what Matt's doing right now. So Matt, I'm so proud of you, dude. Like, You've been on a journey, man. You've faced a lot of challenges from growing up without a dad present in your household to battling addiction to almost dying. And like when I hear stories like that, I know you're here for a purpose. And earlier we were talking about trauma and how there's a couple different ways people handle it. Usually people go through trauma and they become victims of circumstance or they stay in denial and that denial continues to perpetuate their problems into the future. But the third piece of trauma which changes people's lives is when we can find meaning in our suffering, meaning in those experiences that allow us to find a greater depth 
or gratitude and appreciation for our lives. And usually it's the feeling of, wow, I made it. I'm here for a reason. Maybe I have a purpose in this life. Maybe I went through those experiences so I can live a better life in the future. And I had to learn that stuff then so that I can live that better life in the future. And I know what, what to do and I know how to behave. And I learned these lessons that are going to help me then. Do you believe that, Matt? Do you think that's playing a factor in your life? Yeah, 100%. I feel like if I can channel all that energy that I used to staying loaded and running the streets the way I used to, if I can channel that into something positive, nothing would stop me. Like, there's nothing holding me back. Um, I live each day. Like, I, I tell the people this a lot. Like, as much as I fell in love with the drugs and the alcohol, I fell in love with the whole lifestyle it brought. Like, it was never boring, right? There's never a dull moment. You're always running around doing something. My biggest fear, one of them, was uh, when I got sober was that life was going to be boring. So I'm making sure that that's not the case. Just channel that same energy, if not more into business, into work, into my workouts, into making a better life. Nothing can hold you back. Yeah, I love that, man. Any final words for somebody who maybe like you is struggling with addiction or maybe just someone who's living below their potential right now and like they want to change, but they, they've tried. Maybe they, they're stuck or they keep going back to the old ways. What would you tell that individual if you were talking to them face-to-face? -face? I would just say you know, start making changes, right? It's, you're not going to get from A to Z overnight. Like I looked back, that's why journaling is such a big thing for me. I love going back and reading my old entries. I remember whenever I first started on this whole path of personal development and, and bettering myself, I was like, I'm just going to wake up early. And like 7am was like an early rise for me. You know yeah. what I mean? And now I'm getting up at like my, I wake up at 4am with no alarm. And that's just kind of how I've burned that into my brain. But so don't think you have to start with like some super crazy routine that you just build on it, right? Just be a little bit better every single day. Yeah, no, and that's so, though it's so key. And people like sometimes maybe get discouraged by that or they don't understand it. But listen, you are not able to change your whole life in one day. It's literally impossible. You can't lose all the weight in one day. You can't make all the money in one day. You can't change your mindset in one day. Like literally, you can only change a certain amount of things. And you can only focus on a certain amount of things. So start pinpointing what are those daily actions. Get up early, have a plan, move your body, change your environment. Like start taking uh, proactive measures to become the person you want to be. And then you literally have to dedicate yourself to that process and trust and believe that somehow, some way, it's going to lead to a better life. Because look it, you can either keep doing things the way you have and hope by magic, that you're the one person who's ever existed on this planet, that you'll get better outcomes. It, it won't happen. I promise you that. That's why it's called insanity. Or you can say, okay, I'm just going to start each and every day by getting 1% better. And that's something that Matt always talks about, getting 1% better. It sounds cliche. It sounds corny, but it works because a thousand days later, you're a thousand percent better, motherfucker, and you're not making excuses. So, Matt, thank you for being here, man. That was just like a quick glimpse into your yeah. journey. You're going to be seeing a lot more of Matt Fleming official. This guy's on fire. We're going to the top. The Unstoppable 365 MFR Self Mastery Program is a program dedicated to help men become their best self by letting go of the excuses, by elevating their mindset, by establishing habits that serve them. And he and I are on a mission to make a massive impact on this world. So thank you, Matt, for being here, brother. Um, anything else you want to say, go for it before we wrap it up. No, dude, that was perfect. I mean, just a quick little glimpse. I look forward to getting on here, and we'll, we'll do this again sometime soon. Awesome, brother. All right, bro. Thanks. Thanks for checking out the episode. Please make sure to subscribe from whatever platform you're tuning in from to check out more content from Unstoppable Mindset in the future. I'd love it if you could leave a review as well and make sure to share this episode with someone that can find value in this message. 
You can find me on all major social media platforms at Shawn Michael Crane, as well as on YouTube at Unstoppable Mindset, where I'm going to keep bringing you value and fire to serve you in your life.